Well, that was beautiful, glorious. What you sung was majestic. Uh, it's been a wonderful night tonight to sing glorious songs that tell us the truth about a holy night, the birth of a baby in Bethlehem centuries ago, and to, to, to sing these songs uh, with joy. As I was thinking about this, the question that rolls over in my mind, maybe in your mind, is 2,000 years ago, after the birth of Jesus, does our world really know joy? I mean, look at the world right now. There's war, and there's conflict in this region, in other places in the world. There is evident injustice in the world. There are unjust governments in the world. Some of you, you come from circumstances and places in which this has been your own experience. So how, why does this room filled with people look backward to what was, in all reality, in the world's eyes, a very insignificant event? in the life of a very insignificant, ordinary family and somehow still sing about that with joy. What does that baby then really have to do with us here now? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about tonight, the reason why we confidently sing with joy in this world. The baby that was born 2,000 years ago is relevant. He speaks very directly to our lives, to our conflicts, whether those are the large-scale ones between nations or even the smaller ones in your own life, in the life of your own family. He speaks to pain and to problems He speaks directly into the darkness because it was in and into the darkness that he was born. We're going to read from Luke 2. You can turn back to page 10 on your bulletin, Luke 2, or turn to it in your copies of the scriptures if you have that. And if you're looking in the bulletin, you'll want to start with that second paragraph. I'm going to read Luke 2, 8 through 14. Luke is a writer of the gospel. He was an historian. And this is the account that he gives. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, and lying in a manger. And suddenly, 
there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This was an unusual, it was a unique night. The shepherds did not know that. Uh, They were simply doing what they did every single night. They were out in the field, keeping watch over their flock of sheep by night. And I think here in this text, we get a sense of the darkness that was normal to them night after night after night. Uh, We know this here. If we were to go out into the desert, if we were to go away from the highway, you're suddenly out in the darkness. And the only light comes from the majestic sky, the stars above. Out there in the desert is the darkness. That's what the shepherds knew that night. And that's the world that Jesus entered. Suddenly, the unseen realm invaded the seen realm. The angel of the Lord appeared, and the glory of the Lord shone. Luke, who writes this, carefully reports this because the unseen angelic realm does not often visibly reveal itself like this on earth. It was a unique appearance because this was a very unique event. The uniqueness of the angelic appearance is evidenced by these shepherds who in their watching and keeping of sheep had certainly handled what we would call frightening events before. Uh, They would have handled the attack of wolves. They would have lived through stormy, treacherous weather. They most likely had fought off thieves. Shepherds are not those who scare easily. But with the appearance of the angel, And the glory, they were filled with great fear. So this was not a cute, sentimental scene. This was the kind of glory that made rough, experienced shepherds terribly afraid. The glory of the light overwhelmed the darkness of the night. These men had seen it all but they had not seen this. So while their sight of the angel was for them very unique, the angel's sight of them was not. It was the shepherds, not the angel, who was afraid. And the first words that the angel says to the shepherd are words of grace, fear not. Now, we all celebrate the birth of babies. I've done it five times. Mashallah. There's not just great joy when a baby is born. There is tremendous joy in announcing it. And of course, when a baby is born to a monarch, to a king, it's a completely different event altogether. It's a royal announcement. 
a nation awaits the announcement. But strangely with this birth, the announcement of good news, of great joy for all the people is handled very differently. Now notice in most babies' birth announcements, we're very excited to find out the name of the baby. Now that's if you've not spoiled it and told people already. Interestingly, the angels did not announce the unique king's name, Jesus, Yeshua. The angel announced his title, three of them, a savior who is Christ the Lord. So they announced to the shepherds his title because it was titles that were communicating what this king had come to do. The angels announced the birth of a savior. So the good news of this king is that his office is savior. Now, popularly, title savior was a, a word that was used to describe Roman rulers or even among the Greeks, their own gods who they understood delivered human beings from danger. But in the law, the Torah and the prophets the term Savior had been used by God himself to describe himself as the one who delivers his people from enemies or even from disease. And yet here we have a Savior who's come to do what no other Savior had ever claimed or dared to do, Christ. We get a sense of his unique work by his title, Christ the Lord, Christ or Messiah. It's a royal title. The The baby is a kingly figure, and he's also called the Lord. He's a unique person. The rest of this gospel, if you were to read it, makes very clear he is mysteriously the Lord. He is divine. He's human. He is God in the flesh. Now, let me just say that those of us who are Christians recognize the fact that in Jesus, God taking on flesh and becoming man is it's the greatest mystery. It's the greatest miracle. In Jesus, the infinite, which we have a sense of in our own souls, becomes finite. Now, that's not something we would have ever made up. Something of this magnitude could only be revealed to us by God, brought about by God himself. And it only could have been revealed, displayed to the world by God. That's what God did. The birth of this boy was not announced by human servants on earth. It was announced, it was celebrated by angels. These great unseen beings who worship God in the unseen realm in heaven. So the mystery revealed to the shepherds is a baby born who is Savior Christ the Lord, a unique person who's coming into history to accomplish salvation. The angels that night were announcing something that only heaven could reveal. That in Jesus, God takes on flesh and becomes one of us that he might save us. Now, why? Well, because as a a human race, for all of our differences, and of course, there are very many, We have this in common. We have together 
plunged ourselves into sin. And now sin reigns. It has power over us. And there's, there's nothing that we can do to free ourselves. But in Jesus, God has graciously come into the human race to free us through his life and his shameful death on the cross. He might save us, taking the place of sinners. Now, Christmas can easily turn into sentimentalism. You know, happy thoughts. We wish for a peaceful world. We wish for a joyful world. But at the end of the day, that's all it is, is sentiment. But with the coming of Jesus, it's, it's not mere sentiment. It's complete realism. Jesus has come into the world seeing us for exactly who we are, and yet his love goes deeper still. It came into darkness to bring light. He calls you to come into the light. You want to come into the light? Do you want to sing of joy that has come into this dark world? Then you must see Jesus for who he is as the son of God who's become man who went to die publicly on a cross and was raised from death, who is the Christ, the Lord of heaven and earth. And you must cast yourself on him as the Savior and the Lord by faith, by trusting him, and so be made new. My guess is some of you wonder about Christmas. And I bet some of you came out of curiosity. And I don't blame you if all that you know about Christmas is Santa Claus. Santa Claus is depicted as a jolly, nice, very fat man. There's a song about him. A number of you know it. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So good, for goodness sake. Oh, my goodness. I do think if we step back after we've finished laughing about that song, we might think a little differently about Santa Claus. Making his list, checking it, not once, but twice. He is going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus, he knows if you've been bad or you've been good, so you better be good. He is exactly the kind of God that maybe some of you think God is like. He's just watching you. He's got his list in his hand. He's going to catch you when you do wrong. You better put on your best behavior for this God. You know, the more I think about that song, with all apologies, the more unappealing Santa Claus can become. But not this king. Here we find a different, a more beautiful, a more glorious God than we could ever Imagine he does not come into the world telling us he's checking his list, telling us to be good for goodness sake. He came to rescue us precisely because he knows we're bad. 
because he knows we're not good enough. So do you see that that God is not in pursuit of the good people, but of the bad ones? And here's a hint, that's all of us. He frees us to, to admit that. Instead of telling us to be good for goodness sake, Jesus died for us so that we, even though we were so bad, through him, his works, not our own, we might actually become good, righteous. This is really good news for people from every nation and religious background, news that is so good we would never make it up, that no matter your religious background, no matter where you come from, what you've done by trusting in Jesus alone, God is pleased by the work of his son to give you righteousness as a gift through Jesus so that when he looks on you, he sees the righteousness of his son, the light of his son, the life of his son. The father sees you as a precious and a beloved child, not who has to earn his love, but who has been loved and is free now to live in that. This is a unique king and this is a unique kingdom, not for the cleaned up for those, but for those who have messed up. A kingdom whose king was and is praised by the mighty angelic host and yet lays there in weakness in a feeding trough. Did you notice that the announcement of his birth was not to the Roman empire or emperors? It was to lowly shepherds because he's not come for the strong, but for those who know they are weak. He did not come into the world to be celebrated as a strong man. He came as a helpless baby who came to die. He did not come to take life. He came to give it. And he did not have to come at all, but he did. By coming, he did for us what we could never do for ourselves. He has earned eternal life, and he has earned for all who would trust him the right to be called children of God. This is the message of Christmas. The cradle leads to the cross, and the cross leads to the crown. It was this reality that caused these shepherds to suddenly see not just one angel, but a hidden multitude of heavenly hosts, thousands and thousands of angels in worship. The birth of the baby on earth caused these angels to give glory to God in heaven. So the real message of Christmas is a message that is way too good to be true. But it is. Only heaven could reveal this. And only heaven did. God the Son is put on flesh to redeem sinners. He gave up his pride. He came here to die as a man that we might be raised. So this Christmas, don't believe in a fairy tale. Believe in and cast yourself on the Savior, Christ the Lord. Joy, joy to this weary world. The Lord has come. O earth, receive your King.